Hey. <laughs> Thank you. It seems I'm leaning now towards this side. Last night it was strictly this side. It's great to see that you invited people. And I hope you ask the Spirit of God to help you do catch-up so that I don't have to go over, you know, what we uh, shared on last night. But in two words, we spoke a lot about Holy Spirit and um, how much we love Holy Spirit. And, you know, when you were worshiping tonight, I was thinking about the name of your church here, Freedom. And, you know, you'll always be challenged in your name. And just keep pursuing freedom because that's what the... People are longing for just a heart to worship and just to be free and just to intimately engage with the Lord and intimately engage with the Holy Spirit. That's what I live for. You know, I mean, teaching is awesome. Preaching is fun. I love meeting people, but I live for the presence of the Lord. You know, when I was a little girl, my dad left when I was five years old, and um, that really profoundly affected me. And really what it was was I was so close with him and I just wanted to sit on his lap. I just wanted to be daddy's little girl. And then when he left, there was a major void in my life. And uh, I, I found that God, over the years, he used that to draw me to relationship with himself. And when I got saved, it was not that I knew, you know, my sins were forgiven, although I did know that. What happened to me upon salvation was the presence of the Lord invaded my life. And I tell you, that's what I have to guard. And that's what, you know, we have to guard cherishing the presence of the Lord because, you know, so many things in life can just eat up, you know. It's not even that you have to make a place and go sit and get in the presence of the Lord. We are called to be people that walk in his presence, you know, and, and that's a different mind shift because we always think we have to attain to his presence when really we are called to walk and talk with him. And um, just what we're doing here this week is just imparting some truths about the prophetic ministry, and really, in a nutshell, what it is is you're, you know, simplifying your walk and disengaging with those things that will, you know, rob the voice of the Lord. And we are called to be a people of simplicity and to go back to the garden, so to speak, and just be a people that walk and talk with the Lord. I mean, really, it's about simplicity. And I hope uh, tonight, I want to share something. Everything is about atmosphere. And I so love the presence of the Lord. I mean, there is a, you know, very heavy, weighty presence here tonight. It was different last night. And we're not making comparisons, but it's like there's a cloak of his glory and a cloak of his heavy, you know, abiding presence here. And I love that. And uh, when I do a prophetic school, I have a second-year group, and I didn't really want to, you know, do more teaching about the prophetic, I said, what I want to do is, you know, create an environment where we learn how to minister from the realm of God's glory. And that's another mindset change. We're used to ministering from the anointing, but ministering from the glory realm is different. And actually, as we spoke last night, how powerful the word of the Lord is that it actually produces something. You know, something inevitably will transpire with the pure word of the Lord. It creates life. It cr it's creative in and of itself. It's a creative force. The Holy Spirit is a creative force. And anyway, we had these glory meetings the last semester of my school, and this book came from that school. 
the girl, uh, Stephanie uh, Kaiser, she just, you know, she, I'd always see her writing in the school, and a lot of people were writing. Some were soaking, some were dancing, some were just, you know, meditating. It was whatever the, the glory of God, you know, made it the environment. We didn't know what was going to happen week to week. But anyway, she wrote, and this book came out of her encounters with the Lord from that school. So uh, she made it, and I sell it for $8, and she was just thrilled. And, and these uh, poems in here, I have several back here if you want to purchase, they really will catch you up into an encounter with the Lord, and, and I think that's neat. So it's called Into Your Arms. And I brought this up here just to show you that there are books here that are yet to be written. There are songs here yet to be sung. There are, you know, beyond poems, there, there's novels. There's, uh, you know just how-to books. Whatever, you know, God wants to produce through you, stay in his presence and allow him to work on that creative side of you because God is releasing creativity on the earth as never before. And I, I wrote a book like three years ago, and I'm still, you know, frustrated. It's a lot of work going over it, and it's really a, a lengthy, fairly lengthy. It's not just a short book. It's lengthy for me, anyway. But um, I kind of put that aside. And, and last week, I went to a writing class, and I just started writing poetry. And it was just coming out of me like a river. And I believe that I'm saying that because I believe that there is an anointing in here on several of you to write. You're one of them. And I want to give you this book. Here. Uh, let me just pray over you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're just going to release great... Uh, creativity through this vessel that sees and hears and discerns. Lord, give her the sweet poetry that comes from the very heart of God that will bring forth healing to many, that will bring forth deliverance and even physical healing. God, let her, ta let her you know, just be the hand of a ready writer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. I believe that uh, you're asking the Lord for some ways on how to earn and produce money. And that'll be one of them. So, Lord, just release creative uh, writings in this room, new songs, creative songs coming forth, creative dance. Tonight, God is releasing a spirit of creativity here. I saw flags. I saw banners. I saw some of you are going to begin to sew. And it's not you're just not going to pick up a sewing machine and say, I think I'm going to just make this. You're going to be led God's going to show you the colors and the design and, and the appliques and everything that goes on that. I just release that to you in Jesus' name. Wow. Freedom, freedom pr to produce in this environment. Freedom not only just to worship, but to be a productive, creative force in the region. A creative force, even greeting cards. Just whatever, whatever you feel in your heart to do, do it. Just grab hold of the great grace in this hour to do. There's a great grace now to do. So that was, that was um, a side, side note there. <laughs> a sidebar. I love sidebars and the glory. He can inter interrupt and interject anytime he wants. <clears throat> I, um, let me see where we left off last night. Did the new people here, did you get handouts? Okay, you can, I don't know if you sell. 
do you sell teachings when, no, okay. I mean, when it comes out on tapes or CDs or something? Okay, put it up, that's fine. They, if you want to do it, you can tell them, put it up on the website. Okay, anyway, <coughs> tonight we're going uh, we're gonna, to um, do a workshop on discernment. But I, I want to just go back to the page that we did not finish last night, Necessary Basics to Understanding Prophetic Ministry. <coughs> and we were down at uh, number four, the fourth point. We are living in the days of increased revelation. And we all know that, that in the last days, God's pouring out a spirit on all flesh in the forms of dreams and visions, revelation. On all flesh, the young, the old, teenagers, on all flesh, he's pouring out God's Holy Spirit. We have the opportunity to grab hold of all of the revelation that heaven is revealing to us right now. The unfolding of mysteries is being made available to us on the earth today. And that makes me feel very special. Doesn't it make you feel special that you were born for this hour and for this time? Never before has there been as much revelation being poured out. Dreams and visions in increased measure. How many find themselves dreaming more in the night hour? Raise your hand. Dreaming more, seeing more, sensing more. There's a lot of heavenly activity. Even in, you know, the sky is, is just unfolding so much. There's so much activity going on. Uh, so we're living in the days of increased revelation. Romans 12, 6 indicates, indicates that it is faith that determines the level of our gift. So with the revelation coming, when we want to operate in it, then there's a stretch in our faith. Our faith must, we must be courageous and take that bold step to connect with what God is doing and release it. Does that make sense to you? In other words, if you're dreaming or if you're a visionary, it's going to take faith to understand it, faith to first receive it, faith to understand it, faith to either speak it, write it, dance it, preach it, to do something with what God is showing his people. You know, it's like we're, we're not partakers of a movie where you just watch a movie one time, you say, that was a great movie. You tell your friends about the movie. We're invited in, so to speak. Look at that picture. We're invited in to be the actors and the actresses and the props. We're invited in to be a partaker of the activity and not just the observer. See, that's where churches, we've been observers way too long. We've been just, you know, observers and uh, criticizers and evaluators. We sit in church and we evaluate things or, or we criticize. And yet now there, there's a tension in God's people now to, um, I don't want to use the word produce, but to function in the way we were created to function. We are partakers of heavenly riches. We are partakers of his glory. We have been given the opportunity to uh, enforce 
what God is doing on the earth. We're the enforcers. We make things happen. We, we could make things stop. You know, because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. And he's so wanting to do so much stuff here today. And what he's doing is there's a tension in the church because we're being, you know, our comfort is being, you know, wrestled with a little bit. And now we're, we're uh, being challenged to step out, to speak, to sing, to write. And it's not common for us to do that. What's common for us is to just sit and hear a good message or read your Bible and be a nice person and go to sleep at night. And now we're being told and challenged in the word of God that he wants to do great works amongst us. So there's a level of faith. We don't work up the faith. We grab hold of him who is all faith. We align with him. We become one with him. And then we move in his faith. Faith of the Holy Spirit. We move in that faith. So we don't have to say, I wish I had more faith and then I'll do something. We say, I have been given everything that I need to live godly in Christ Jesus. And I am already empowered to do. So the challenge is, be courageous and just go for it. Write the books. Write the songs. Sing what's on your heart. And see, in a church like this, I love what you do because you're encouraging them just to be free. And that young woman that just marched, you may think, well, what was she doing? As she just was responding to the nudging of the Holy Spirit, she was aligning with God in a way of saying, I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to do this thing, though I may not always understand it. And there is a great grace released to God's people when they simply say, Here I am, your servant is listening. Here I am, I'm waiting to be used. Here I am, I'll I'll take out the pen and I'll write. Here I am, I'll go pray for that one over there that has diabetes. Here I am, I'll do it. And there is a great grace that's going to be released to those people. And, And that's what God's waiting for. He's just waiting for the yes people. That's what he's waiting for. You know, I'm just one says, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I I don't, a lot of times I would walk around and say, I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but I'll do it. You know, and now I say, I do know what I'm doing. I'm going to speak life over myself. And we need to come out of alignment with word curses. Like I said last night, that we speak over ourselves. I can't speak. I can't pray for the sick. I don't hear from God. Those are all, you're cursing yourself. You're already digging your own grave of inactivity. You know, so how many of you tend to do that? Come on, let's be real here. Speak. I, you know, right now, Father, just in a simple prayer, break, you know, the power that that word curse has had over you. And just sometimes it's just changing your words or changing what you say. A simple phrase can change your whole life. Begin to be a can-do people. That's what I, I release to you, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthened you. Great grace, great strength, and you're a can-do people. So don't ever catch yourself, and don't ever say, I can't anymore. Don't ever say, I don't hear. I can't discern. Because when you do that, you, there's the wall up. That's a wall. Okay, so... <clears throat> 
The spiritual gifts are defined in 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to go over this in depth as we get more into um, the activations in the prophetic. But tonight we're going to go over a very important, crucial teaching, which is discernment, before we even get into the, the nuts and bolts of the prophetic ministry. 1 Corinthians 13 addresses the motivation, the pure motivation that should be for how we operate in the gift, love. 1 Corinthians 14.31 tells us that we all possess the gift. 1 Thessalonians 5.20 calls us to honor and value the gift. Revelations 19.10, Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, and the true prophetic word draws us into the very heart of God. I just really... um, I have a 21-page workbook that I'm working on to actually make it a manual to sell. And I I reduced it down. The whole 21 pages, this is really all you need to take home and to study about prophetic ministry, at least 10 points. All right, discernment. Holy Spirit, I just pray tonight that there'll be so much spiritual activity in here that discernment would just be imparted. Discernment and discerning of spirits, because that's what we need in this hour. More than anything is the ability to discern. Especially in an environment like this, right? And and you come into an environment like this, or a church that's really free, we're all kind of skeptical. Let's be real. I'm not so sure about that. What you're really saying is that you really need to tap into pure discernment. That's what really you're saying. That I want to know for sure that this is God. I want to know for sure that this is real. And I want to know for sure that I'm hearing correctly and assessing things correctly. Isn't that really what spirit-filled people, that's really what they want, to know that this is real and it's right and it's pure and it's of the Lord. So how do you even make that assessment? It's by discernment, by the Holy Spirit. It's discerning of spirits, which is a a specified gift in 1 Corinthians 12, but then there's a discernment that is like a general discernment that's given to all believers that commune with the Lord because the Holy Spirit is pure just like the Father and just like the Son. The pure, holy Godhead. And if the Holy Spirit abides in us, then there's something that we're not doing that causes us to question whether we even can discern or not. And anyway, we'll get on to this discernment. In um, 1 Kings 3, it was Solomon's plea for a discerning heart. Now, can you imagine he could have had anything and everything that he wanted? And if God was to ask you, what do you want? What is it that you want from God? I imagine that many of you would say, a new job, 
I'd like an increase in pay. I'd like my children to be able to go to a Christian school. We ask God, and those things are noble, but can you imagine Solomon's heart was selfless. He needed a discerning heart to lead and to rule. And you see, there are leaders in this room, and even if you're a leader in your family, you're a leader in your workplace, you're a leader in the church, you're a leader in government, you're a leader in the community. As believers, we've all been given a sphere of authority to lead somewhere. So what we really need to do is to say, God, open up the wells of discernment and let it stay pure in me so that I can discern activity. That's what um, discernment helps us to um, accurately discern spiritual activity. It helps us to discern spiritual activity. Our roots need to be deep enough to sustain a walk with God if we are to desire to move in heavenly realms. How many in here want to move in realms of heaven? How many in here want more of an encounter with God? How many of you are afraid of encounters? That's okay. And what you're really afraid of is you don't trust the Holy Spirit, the gift of discernment. That's really what you're saying is, I don't trust the Holy Spirit, who is truth. We spoke last night about the Holy Spirit being truth. Experiences are freely given to those who yield, but there is a place in God that he longs to bring us into as we choose to seek for wisdom as to how we respond and mature. So here Solomon asks for wisdom, but many translations say he asks for a discerning heart to be able to govern. Now, the word discern, I have it in your notes here, is to distinguish, to scrutinize, to judge, understand, to find the source or the root. It's supernatural perception given by God. You see, it's not your judgment. It's not your opinion. It's not what you feel. It's not uh, anything about what you think. It's supernatural judgment, perception given by the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. It's grace to see the unseen. When I was first saved, I had so many visitations and dreams that um, I had the demonic, you know, I'd be, how many of you were choked in the middle of the night, you know, or you felt this dark presence, or you had a friend that was just really, you know, got you into all kinds of trouble, and he didn't even realize he was being used to the enemy, or, you know, you meet evil people in your life, you meet people that are dark, and, and they're full of demonic, you know, uh, they're full of demons, and for some reason we fear them. But I believe that, you know, there's all kinds of activity on the earth. There's the work of the Holy Spirit. There's basically three realms of discernment. There's the work of the Holy Spirit. There's the work of darkness, which is inclusive of the devil and his demons. 
and then there is the human spirit. And I believe that where we need chastening is in our human spirit. It's in our mind, our thoughts, our thinking, our will, our ability to choose, and our emotions. So many times people say, well, I'm afraid of that. You know, that's not right. And they're not grasping on to discernment. Their soul, their human spirit is rising up. And I believe we need to get this teaching down pat because it is possible to be a people that walk in the spirit all the time. I believe that's what we were created for. So because we're engaged here in the earth, you know, we take the scriptures that the devil, he's the ruler of the earth. So we accept that, that we accept bad things to happen and that bad things are going to happen to us and we're tempted because the devil, you know, he's roaring like a, a lion and he's seeking whom he may devour and he may devour me. And these are old mindsets that need to go. We are a people that are called to walk with God. We are called to be a people that live in the Spirit of God, according to Romans 8. It says, if you are a son of God, you are led by the Spirit of God. Only those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters. I want to, uh, do you consider yourself a son or a daughter? And yet, so often we're not led by the Spirit of God. We're led by what we feed. We're led by our emotions. We're untempered. We're full of, you know, anger, and we wrestle with all this stuff, and then we live under a life of condemnation because we're not free. And I'm telling you, there's a place, Freedom Point, that God is trying to point us to freedom. And the only freedom is a people that yield to the Spirit of God. And that takes practice. That's what we did last night. At the end, I said, come on, let's pray in the Spirit. Let's release the Spirit. Let's, you know, sow to the things of the Spirit. <clears throat> so when I first was saved and I had all these dreams and I had all these night, I had night visitations from demons, and then the next time I would be, you know, oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. Then the next thing I knew, I, I was, you know, having a temper tantrum. I was so, like, you know, trying to live a, a, a tripart being. <laughs> I was not whole. You know, being whole is being one with God. I was this frazzled, fragmented person that so many of us are. You know, I, I'm, I'm living in, you know, uh, according to my emotions, and I'm affected by what people are saying, and I'm feeding that, and then I want to go to church, and then I want to sing, and I want to be happy in God, and then I go home, and I'm having... I didn't know what I was. But I really believed that God was teaching me. He was really giving me the revelation on discernment. So I had to kind of experience all these different realms so that they're easily understood. And I believe that that's what this teaching came from, my own experience. <clears throat> but I tell you one thing, I was fortunate enough in that I was saved during the word movement of the 70s and 80s and with a great emphasis on teaching the word of God. And the logos... You know, the Logos Word of God is the springboard for revelation. You've got to have the, the, the written Word of God. The written Word of God is what, you know, I, today I was reading Psalm 119. 
you know, I love Psalm 119. It's your word. You know, chapters and pages and pages about the integrity of the word of God. But, you know, the word of God is to be made flesh, and revelation, it has to be revelatory to us. We have to live what we read. We have to meditate on the word till it becomes a part of us. Anyway, <clears throat> meditation will help us to move into that realm of revelation because I believe meditation is the springboard for revelation. You read the word of God, and please, we don't want to just read it like a book or a magazine article or a novel or a newspaper. We want to read it with the intention that we ultimately live what we have read. And that word becomes a reality in our lives while we're here on the earth. That's our ultimate goal. So yes, until discernment is absolutely established in the believer, thank God we have the written word of God. We have the written word of God. <clears throat> but in Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 5.14 says, we train our senses to discern good and evil. So when I look at that, I see, okay, hmm, we have to train our spiritual senses to discern. So this means it's a sensory gift. It's one that's seen, heard, felt, smelled, touched. All five senses are inclusive of discernment. I remember my daughter was going out with a guy, and um, she, one night she woke up and she said she smelled powder in her nose. She says, Mom, I just smelled this powder in my nose. And then she realized two days later that her boyfriend was on drugs. So God was allowing her through her senses to discern something that was not made known to her. See, we can discern activity. You don't have to know everything about everybody. You can discern. You can discern their heart, their thoughts. Now, we're, we're not going to walk around like policemen in the kingdom of God. I discern everything because I think many times people with that, the gift of discernment, one of the weaknesses, they get proudful because they know everything. You know? Isn't that true? I, I know this. I can... They, they have their nose in the air when they're going into church or, you know, I'm here to discern what's going on. <laughs> what it is is we have to recognize the motivating spirits behind words or deeds, whether human, heavenly, or demonic. Now, think about this. <clears throat> Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 19. not in there, is it? <laughs> it's probably nine, the way it's typed up. Okay. Four through six. Did we write that down, 19? Okay. My mistake. Wow, did I mess up on this one? Anyway, 
Paul, would you find it for me about casting down imaginations? Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Oh, man, you're good. Huh? <laughs> Ten. I don't know how I got that down. 2 Corinthians 19 in my notes, anyway. For we walk, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So what this tells me is that man's rebellion is basically in his thoughts. Now, what we need to do as a people, and this takes some, we have to exercise spiritual things. We really do. So we cast aside reasoning. Now, listen up. You have to cast aside reasoning, but hold on to your thoughts. Does that make sense? Because our thinking our thoughts, we are not blank up here. We process things through our spiritual mind. Reasoning is of the soul. Your reasoning is logical. Logic and reasoning, they're not bad, but it's not discernment. You follow me? So sometimes we make judgments because we reason, but we need to think things through with our spiritual mind and get the mind of Christ, that is discernment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes people, everybody's looking at me like they're not getting this. In other words... I'm very, um, I reason things, I'm logical, I like to figure things out, I have to know everything, it has to be very clear for me, it has to be in a book, it has to be scientific, I have to have a fact. Well, God's kingdom doesn't operate under that, it operates by faith. Now, is that bad? You have to use your intellect and your reasoning, that faculty, you have to use it to live in the earth. It's not evil, you have to learn how to go to school how to add, how to read, how to, you know, ride a bicycle. We learn those things we re through logic and reasoning. We learn those things, but we don't discern through logic because it's the spiritual-minded man. The spiritual-minded man is where all the gifts operate out of that realm. Those who seek the things above and not the things of the earth. So we have to cast down logic. We don't do away with logic because we, we use it here on the earth to function as human beings. You have to do books and bookkeeping for your business, right? But you don't bring that mindset into the kingdom of God and, and try and discern something because it's just not going to happen. So I'm trying to get you to see that thoughts are good. Spiritual thoughts. The mind of the Lord is where discernment is. 
It's not in intellect or reasoning. Okay, so man's rebellion. Now, if you think about, if you go back to the garden, Eve, what did Satan tempt her with? You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The same phrase that's in Hebrews. Be able to discern between good and evil. So there was an innate thing in Eve. I want to be able to see. I want my eyes open. But she disobeyed. And then what happened was pure discernment was stripped away from her. You know how I know? Because after that, what you see is the soul of man rises up and it takes precedence over discernment. It takes precedence now. It rises up. Discernment now, pure discernment, takes a backward seat to the emotions of man and woman. Oh, they hid. They were afraid. They were naked. They were very conscious of fear. They were very conscious of, this is wrong, shame, guilt, things that Christians wrestle with. That's what happened at the fall. She wanted pure discernment, but she, she didn't want it, you know, she was willing to disobey. And because she disobeyed now, she really wanted to see clearly. But when she disobeyed, what happened then when man fell? They fell into being a soulish person, a person that was led by their emotions. Her, their emotions now become dominant. They're conscious, they're self-conscious, they're afraid, they're naked, they're hiding, they're running, shame. How much pain is in all those words? Do you know what I'm saying? And really, because she walked with God, they were walking with God at one point. They knew there was a revelatory realm up there, and they wanted to tap into it. And that got stripped from them. That pure discernment was stripped from them, and now what rises up is emotions. That's why, you know what, people? The body of Christ sometimes can be so emotional. That's our wrestling is with emotions. You know what? I can't even remember the last time I had an interaction with a demon. It's the wrestling with my own emotions. The soul of man. I heard somebody say one time, there's something stronger than the will of God. And I'm thinking, really? The will of man. Mind, will, and emotions make up the human um, realm. Our mind, our, our will, and our emotions. And sometimes we have our mind so set because of pride, we can't discern because we have opinions. I hope this is helping you. So our mind is our faculty of perception and understanding. And yet sometimes reasoning overshadows discernment. Now listen to this. I read this um, in a book called The Three Battlefields, Francis Frangipane. Three Battlefields of the Mind. He says that if we do not move, now listen to this, you want discernment? You want to be able to judge spiritual activity? If we do not move in divine forgiveness, we will walk in deception. We will presume we have discernment then when in reality we are seeing through the veil of a critical spirit. If you seek to have a heart that does not condemn, 
If you truly crucify your instincts to judge, you will have laid a good foundation for the gift of discernment for you, and you will have prepared your heart to receive dreams, visions, and experiences from God. You will be untainted by human bias and corruption. Because sometimes we say that we're judging, we're, we say that we're discerning when really we could be jealous. So we're saying, well, they have a Je Jezebel spirit. What, why do you say they have a Jezebel spirit? Because they got a position that you wanted? You see, we're quick, we're quick to throw out things under the guise of discernment, but really it's our own ability. We're critical, or we're jealous, or we're competitive. See, it's motivation. It's the heart. Discernment begins in a heart of love and forgiveness. If you'll walk with a heart of love and forgiveness, the pure in heart, it says in Matthew, see God. And I believe the pure in heart see all of the activity that, that heaven has to offer us. It's the purity that brings discernment. <clears throat> John 5.30 says, I can do nothing of my own initiative as I hear I judge. So recognizing there, it's not within me. I can't do it. But as I hear, I judge. And interesting, John was the beloved. John just, you know, he laid close to Jesus. You'll lay close to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, you'll hear his heartbeat. And you'll hear his heartbeat for people. You'll know when something's right. You'll know when something's pure. You'll know when something isn't. Why? Because it's not, you know, you'll know when it's evil. Because it's so contrary to this heart of love from the Father. You'll just know. You can't be in the presence of evil because inside of you, it's like, oh, that's hurting God. It's not, well, they're evil because you're judging. It's pure. And that's what we need today is pure discernment. Let's look at Philippians 1.9. I'm going to show you that point in the word. Philippians 1.9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus, to the glory and praise of God. Abounding in love, will cause you to abound in pure discernment, if you'll abound in love. Really, that's the key to discernment. It's getting rid of being opinionated or being religious and self-righteous, that we have all these judgments on things. You know, sometimes we're just angry at church, so we assume that pastors all have a religious spirit. Or we make these rash judgments because we're not free or we're not pure, or we're unhealed in an area, and we say it's discernment when it's judgment and criticism. So God is looking for healed hearts, people that walk with the Holy Spirit, 
They're the ones that are going to discern when something's the angels. You want to discern angelic activity? Love God, hate evil. Stay pure, repent a lot. And those people will discern when angels are in the room, when there's an angel bidding them. They're the ones. They're not the crazy ones. They're the pure ones. They're the ones that have allowed the fire of God to burn out opinionated, proudful, self-righteous. That's what it is. You know, I used to be one that, you know, I had a lot of pride when I was first believer because I had a lot of, you know, God called me early on. I had all this revelation, but I didn't have any wisdom. You know, and I'm just like, here I am on the scene. I can discern all things. And that was dangerous. I was not humbled. I was not, um, God didn't, I was not free at that point. So I kind of liked having a little power. You know what I'm saying? I, I kind of liked having this charismatic power. And I used to love to go to prayer groups where we would, you know, pray the things that were wrong because we knew what was right. When I look back now, that was from a wrong spirit. There was a gift of discernment there, but it was not pure discernment because it was, you know, not producing life. It was creating division. You follow me? How free God wants us. This is tonight, all I'm talking about is freedom. The word really here is freedom. And when, especially now, we're aspiring to know more of the Lord, we realize that there are encounters for us that are yet to be had. That there are so many places that God wants to take us. We're afraid. Why are we afraid? Because we're still walking in the soul, and we're not walking in pure discernment. We don't trust our Holy Spirit, who is truth. That's really what we're saying. Uh, we're so afraid of deception that we think that the Holy Spirit is not able to keep us from deception. So we trust ourselves more than we trust the Holy Spirit. And the last thing is, we're so proud, we don't want to come out of our comfort zone and maybe act a little weird because the things of God are going to seem strange to the earth. And yet we still try to hold on to being normal. And those are the real issues why we're not really walking in the supernatural. Those are the issues. Those are the, the blockages and the walls. It's us. It's the human realm. But we are called to be a people that walk in the spirit. Let's turn to Romans 8. <clears throat> There's so much in Romans 8. From being sons of God to the love of God to being free. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind is an enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. And I'm going to say, indeed, if indeed does the Spirit of God dwell in you. Of course he does. Because we're full of the Holy Spirit. But we've not yielded. We're ashamed of the spiritual life. We're afraid of it. As if God was going to hurt us. Or we might lose a few friends. Or the unknown. I like living in the unknown. I like going out on a limb. I really do. I like living in this realm because you know what I found? That's the only place that's safe. That's the only place that things happen. That's the only place I change. That's the only place that fruit comes forth is in the unknown territory. So what God is asking us tonight is if we'll just let go a little more. You know, we yield day by day, by day by day. It's by choices. Choices that we make. Choices to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Choices to acknowledge that we want, yes, God, I, I, I want pure discernment. We get exactly what we ask for. But the key is this, we ask. Everything that we have for God, from God, we ask for. And I just pray that, you know what, if you'll allow the impartation tonight, the download, or, you know, grab hold of, rev- of revelation of discernment, that it's, it's for all of us because we are led by the Spirit of God if we are children, if we are sons. That's the only place that's safe to live in this hour. I've seen some things of what's on the horizon. There's safety in living in the Spirit because there's all wisdom, there's all knowledge, there's answers for everything, There's all provision. We, in essence, we don't seek to, um, we don't stop existing. But we stop existing as a soulish person, as a logical person, as a fearful person. That's our inheritance, is to be a, a discerning, viable force on the earth. And that's what we need in this hour is discernment. You know, I used to think that discernment was, and discerning of spirits was, I'll discern lying spirits, perverse spirits, jealous spirits, obese spirits. I had names for all of them. You know, I I was one that, you know, I loved pigs in the parlor when I was first saved because it defined all the demon spirits. You know what? I don't even pay attention anymore. I don't even see demons too much. I mean, I recognize them when they're there, but hey, That's just somebody bound up that needs the love of God. I'm not enamored by the demonic. I'm enamored now by the heavenly realm. I'm enamored now with God. You know, it's not that I'm placing so much emphasis on angelic, but I'm so grateful to God that he enlists them. He enlists them to help us in the earth. One time I was on the floor at our church, and we, had, we were having a meeting, 
And it was really my first encounter with an angel. Because honestly, before that, I wasn't very open to that. I was like still very fearful. I didn't want to be weird. You know, I wanted to just be, you know, balanced. That was my cry, balanced. That's what I wanted to be. But what I was really saying was balance for me was being fearful. So I used the term balance to mask my fear. And I realized I was called to live out on a limb. And that's where we are called to live by faith. You ever see a, a tightrope walker? They're walking by absolute faith. And where are they? They're at a place that very few go. But you know what? Underneath are everlasting arms. And he's able to, keech, to keep us, even if we miss it or make a mistake, there's great grace. But I've got to tell you, this thing about discernment is powerful. You know, sometimes people, they don't like a woman preaching, or, you know, say, well, discern my spirit. Don't even look at this. Discern my heart. Listen to what I'm saying, and in the spirit I'm saying it. So we don't have to fear all this religious mumbo-jumbo going on and all these arguments. They're high and lofty, and they don't belong in the kingdom of God. What belongs in the kingdom of God is what God wants to do. We don't always know what he wants to do, but we will be able to judge it and perceive it accurately if we allow God to work in us that we will have pure discernment because we have a heart of forgiveness and a heart of love. And a heart of love, when we get into the prophetic, you'll prophesy a whole lot with a heart of love because you'll be drawn to people and you'll want to give them something because God's heart is toward them. And, and that's what provokes all of us to use the gifts of the Spirit, the heart of forgiveness and heart of love. So I, just, I want us to do an exercise here tonight. Are there any questions? Any questions at all about discernment? Any comments? Okay, let's stand.